Hello everyone, welcome back. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. My name is John. I was trained as a pastor and I really enjoy uh, trying to take some old, old ideas and put them into brand new words. And I'm ready to do that for whoever listens and that includes you. So thank you for listening. This episode is going to be completely about just uh, being discontent. What is bad discontent? What is good discontent? How does all of it relate to spirit with a lowercase s, your spirit, and then spirit with a capital S? And what does this have to do with everything else in the world? So thank you for tuning in. This is... um. I guess this is a topic that I kind of deal with every so often. I guess it's actually a part of the human experience. So if you're dealing with discontent right now, this might be a great episode for you. Or at least I hope it will be. So if you didn't know, uh, I have a Patreon account. And it's just a, a fun way for me to try to contribute some good things to the world on the side of my usual job, which is working at a church. And this, I guess this podcast, it isn't really quite meant for church folk. It's it's kind of fun that it's meant for people on the fringes, either looking in or looking out, not sure where they fit in. But that's why I like to say, I think my calling might be to put old ideas into brand new words for anyone who will listen. So let's get started. When you think of the word discontent, you probably have even a physical reaction, but you probably have at least a story that comes to your mind from your own life. But uh, discontent, it's, uh, it's one of those interesting things, isn't it? It's when you feel like deep within your bones with, with something on like a, on the, soul level even that every pulse there's like a a heartbeat to it that tells you that things are not as they should be and uh if you think about it i think a lot of people deal with discontent in a lot of different areas so let's say this could be in reference to traffic it could be in reference to the workplace could be in reference to friends could be in reference to families could be in reference to poverty and homelessness in your area. So discontent, it's an integral part of the human experience. And I want to talk about it in a way that really gives respect to what it really is. And I feel as though there are times when we talk about being discontent in, in somewhat glib ways or reductionistic ways and instead I would like to give some gravity to what is the good kind of discontent you feel me on that so what does it mean to have the good kind of discontent so a number of episodes back I had done one on routine and how sometimes routine can stifle Growth, But in that one, I made reference to this word ruach, 
which is the Hebrew word for spirit. And that spirit is something, I mean, it's an ancient, ancient idea that there is some breath that's making things move, that there is something going on deeper than just the elemental and physical level. There is something happening. And I made a comment about how some of us feel like we are the the air that's in the attic that's been caught up and has become stale because it hasn't had a chance to move. And I had thought about that for a couple of weeks after I made that episode about how there are times when I feel like my own life feels stifled and closed up like the air in the attic. And so sometimes you just have to open the window and let the breeze come in and stir the air. And I always thought that was a really interesting way of thinking about spirit, that spirit is something that moves, that comes into what is stale, that moves the things that have become stagnant. And for that reason, I wonder if discontent isn't like that first moment of noticing things are getting stale, you know? So what does it mean that you and I and and other people that we interact with maybe have this sense, maybe they can't put it to words, but this sense of something's got to change, something's got to move, something's got to be different. You know, we got to open a window somewhere, crack the window just a little bit. And so, let's talk about discontent. It's um, it's when you have this sense that something's got to change. And I get the sense that we have moments where discontent, man, I guess we got into this one real fast, didn't we? Let's keep going. Uh, we often have that sense come upon us, but I think I would like to give a few checks and balances because discontent, if it really is something that can happen on a, on a spiritual level that can influence your spirit, your ruach that you have, then it takes, it maybe takes for us to sit down and recognize back, wait, okay, I'm frustrated. Am I frustrated for the right reasons? I think it was Aristotle who said, being angry is easy, but to be angry at the right things, at the right time, to the right degree, that is difficult. And it feels as though uh, maybe that's not a skill set that we're given early in life. That's almost like that's a, a learned skill to learn how to be angry at the right things at the right time to the right degree. And so when, when we're little, maybe we get frustrated by things and it might be small things, but sometimes we enter into adulthood and we still get frustrated by small things rather than learn how to be frustrated by the right things. And so 
all this kind of stems from this one idea that there was a pastor back, man, I think he was in the 200s. Uh, His name is Irenaeus, and he said that the most glorious thing to God is to see a person fully alive. And ever since I heard that phrase, it has stuck with me, and I can't knock it out of my head because God spirit, the thing that moves the spheres, as Dante Alighieri would say, the thing that moves the planets. It's uh, intimately and passionately concerned with every person and being thriving and thriving well. And maybe if we have our priorities in the right place, our discontent is a sign, a signal, something pointing us towards how we can help things and people to thrive. So in that sense, discontent actually has a rather positive thing. And I maybe there's a, a chance where you in your lifetime, you have felt discontent and you didn't know what to do with that energy. Well, maybe that energy that you felt from being discontent was actually a holy thing that maybe your sense of things got to change. We got to open a window somewhere and let the air move again in here. What if there's something holy about that experience? Now, that being said, here's the plan. I have a list of things that I think categorize bad discontent And then a whole list of things make for holy discontent. And I think the goal here is to try to, in the moment, recognize whether or not in our frustration or anger or discontent, if we can stop and sit down and maybe for a moment use some wisdom and ask, is this the bad discontent or is this holy discontent? Now, Let's say you grew up in a church setting and even just using the word holy is already a trigger, okay? Well, three words are used in the scriptures to define the word holy. One is hagios, which means unique, that there's a thisness to it, that there's something intimately special about it. Hagios. Is there something about the discontent of this particular situation that you're going through that makes it unique on a, on a completely other way. Another one is telos. Telos is sometimes used to mean goal or end. That holy can maybe be pointing towards the goal of how things should be. And then Hebrew word kadosh means to be set apart for a special reason. So maybe... We have to ask ourselves every so often, is the discontent that I'm experiencing right now, is there something unique about it? Is there something about it that's pointing towards how things should be? And then is it set apart, but set apart for a purpose? So like I said before, what if sometimes our discontent is the way spirit with a capital S is telling our spirit with a lowercase s 
how to improve the world. Again, I'm going to share a few thoughts on what's bad discontent and a few others on holy discontent and then just a, a closing comment about one word and uh, then we'll be done. So this is great. Let's do it. I came up with a list of a few things that I think define the bad kind of discontent. You know, the discontent that uh, doesn't really serve a purpose. I guess that's one of them, right? Bad discontent is uh, when you're driven by ego more than gratitude. So let's anchor this in a moment. Let's say you're doing some gardening. <laughs> and someone else comes out as you're doing some gardening and maybe they've got a better opinion and they tell you how to make your garden look better and you've already put enough time into it. You very well could get frustrated or angry <laughs> at the moment. But the thing is, is that your ego taking over because maybe their advice actually is pretty good. And so sometimes I think we need to ask whether or not our emotional reactions mm, aren't more based out of our own ego rather than wisdom. I've said this before in earlier episodes, but I'm pretty certain that ego loves to be separate and superior. So let's say you do work in politics and the way you go about doing politics leads you to sometimes get frustrated, which totally makes sense. But if the way you get frustrated causes you to stand separate from other people and then look down on people from where you're standing, then that's the bad kind of discontent because being separate and superior is not the way that everything gets better. You can also maybe feel discontent at your life because you're not living up to other people's expectations. And this isn't like a, an emotional one, like this is kind of personal. But I think every so often we get discontent because we're not living the life that we think we should be, but maybe we're trying to live the life that other people want for us. And that's not always the best. And so I think sometimes we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, okay, I'm not happy with my life. But am I not happy with my life because it's not going the way that other people want it to go? Or am I not happy because it's not quite going the way I think it should go? And there's a difference there. And cutting away other people's expectations of you will help to get rid of those spurts of frustration and discontent. Um, yeah, so then let's go to the good kinds of discontent, the holy kind of discontent. Um, let's say you get frustrated by homelessness, right? And you can be really unhappy with the way that it it's going about in your local town or city. If you are going about it in such a way that you're not 
being driven to have some imagination and do some problem solving, then you haven't maybe done enough work yet. Because the holy kind of discontent comes alongside with being inspired to do something. And I think that's one of the best gauges of whether or not we are operating out of holiness or out of our own ego. That to be discontent includes being active. That it includes uh, having the drive or at least having the imagination to try to figure out how to do things different. That it also, um, it, com- it comes with like a sense of purpose because the prophets of the Old Testament, they were people that experienced discontent all the time. But for them, they noticed that they were the only ones sometimes discontent about homelessness or injustice. And it led them to action not to despair. And so if you are finding yourself getting frustrated by things recently, whether small or large, but it's leading you towards cynicism or despair rather than imagination, then it might be a good idea to buckle down, turn off the radio, turn off any music, and just start writing out some potential solutions. Take the negative energy and spin it and and wrestle it into something that's actually productive and innovative and imaginative so that your discontent can become holy discontent that can maybe lead to a holy solution. That is great. And that's, man, that that's how revolutions get started. It kind of reminds me, there's a quote, I didn't have this written down, but it came to my mind just now, is that a revolution without dancing is not worth having. And you can say that there's there have been throughout human history plenty of revolutionaries that have all been activated and brought into action because they were frustrated with how things were going, either in their life or in their community's life. But if it's not anchored with a sense of joy, if it's just coming from a place of fury or rage or anger, despair or cynicism, then it's a revolution that's not really going to take place or have a lasting impact. And so I think holy discontent is also anchored in Not happiness, because happiness can be like surface level, but there's like a deeper joy, that there's a deeper level of hope that says, yeah, we can do it, that if we work together, we can change the game. And that's that's a beautiful thing. And in fact, that that approach towards problem solving is usually invites other people because it's attractive and it's like addictive in the right way, you know? A revolution without dancing is not a revolution at all. Or a revolution not worth chasing after. I forget how it goes. And then last, uh, 
discontent is only holy if it's concerned with you thriving more and others thriving more. So to go back to that quote from St. Irenaeus, it's the most wonderful thing for God is to see a person fully alive. And let's say you have a, a sense of, man, things got to be different. And if your solution that you have helps you to thrive, great. But if your solution helps you to thrive at the cost of someone else thriving, then that's a bad solution. And that's still bad discontent, not holy discontent. There's always got to be a communal element to it. So as you go through your day and maybe as you reflect on the choices of your week and, man, I guess even if you're choosing a different career, you not only have to ask, would it help me, but also would it help the world? Because the thing that makes everything move in the universe, the 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 energy, the the spirit with a capital S, the I mean classical lingo obviously we call that God, but whatever it is that makes everything happen and move and live is always going to be most honored by not just you thriving, but people around you. That the collective whole of everything is never going to be made better by you feeling depleted, by you continuing in unhealth, by you continuing in your own self-abuse, or by living beneath your dignity. And the same thing goes for others, that, that God is not honored at all when we do things that sustain other people living in unhealth when we excuse other people's self-abuse and we do nothing to help them rise up out of their own issues. I mean, God is never going to be glorified when another person next to us is denied human dignity when ours is being uplifted. That's just not how it works. We're all in this together. And I'm not, I'm not just saying like humans, but but I mean, even plants like ecology, whales, trees, flowers, like we're all in this together. And God is passionately concerned with all of these things thriving well. So then it leads us also to another question. And the question is, am I loving the right things? And that's a great question for you to ask too. In the midst of a moment when you are confronted with a conflict or an issue, you need to ask yourself, okay, pause. How in this moment do I need to make sure I'm loving the right things? Because we very often love the wrong things too much. And so here's a few things I wrote down about that. It might be a good idea every so often to ask if this momentary issue, this momentary conflict is something that's on the surface 
Or is this like kind of hitting you on a deeper level, like in the marrow of your bones? Because we can love the wrong things on the surface, but we can also love the wrong things on a deeper level. And uh, we always have to make sure that on the deepest level of us, we are always loving the right things. I think you also have to ask, in the midst of this conflict, frustration, uh, discontent, am I going about it because (laughs) the outcome will impact whether or not I'm popular? That's a good question. But you can make sure that you're loving the right things in the midst of a situation by whether or not you actively invite other people into it. Because solutions, just like problems, they always have to be communal. You're not the only one that can fix it. And if it's a big enough problem, you're going to need other people to come alongside. And so, discontent, although you might be the first person to experience it, and maybe it does come to you from the Spirit with a capital S, the Holy Spirit with a capital S, speaking to your lowercase spirit. Um, It's always going to bring people together. Yeah. And so... I think in the midst of some of our issues, we always have to ask ourselves whether or not our actions, our activity, our response is going to be inspired by the virtues that really make humanity royal, you know. But in the midst of all of this, um, I understand that talk of spirit may not resonate with everybody that's listening, but... Another word for it can actually be intuition. And I'm quite concerned, not concerned, I'm, I'm quite convinced that intuition, okay, that feeling that you get in your gut when you're in the middle of a conflict or a situation or a problem, intuition is wisdom that you don't have words for yet, it's, it's when your gut is trying to tell you something. That's intuition. When, when there's a sense from it within that says, mm, something needs to be different here. What's going on? And so when you have a moment like that, listen to that. Because that might be wisdom that you just don't have words for yet. And it could very well be that those gut moments are actually... God speaking to you through your gut, through your intuition, through your feelings. So be careful of dismissing your emotions too quickly when you're in the midst of frustration or discontent. But you do always have to ask if you're loving the right things in the midst of the moment. I think the reason why I thought this would be a good episode is because When I look on 
Facebook, when I see things on Twitter, when I see things on Instagram, anytime I look at a newspaper, anytime I see something about politics today, there's almost always an emotional whiplash that happens because people are then replying to what they see and hear uh, with discontent, but it's often the bad kind of discontent. And I gave a talk a number of months ago about teen anxiety, but I had thrown into it that there's three levels of brain functioning. I'm going to go through them real fast. The first level is reptilian. That's the fight, flight, or freeze uh, responses to a situation. The second would be mammalian, where we actually bring our emotions into a situation. Emotions more than just fear or anger. Um, And instead we bring in like love and patience and mercy. But then also on the top level of brain functioning, there's rational. And rational doesn't negate or deny the earlier brain levels. In fact, lets that lets those levels uh, inform the type of response that we should have. But all this goes to say, when we experience discontent, we are so often reverted back down to the reptilian level of brain functioning that we often reply to conflict, to frustrations, to all of these things with anger, with rage, or with flight. We just fear, and so we run away from the whole situation. But that's when we let the bad kind of discontent take the reins. It's almost like we let the bad kind of discontent get into the driver's seat, and then we're in the back seat, and we're just along for the ride. But the holy kind of discontent is the kind that recognizes, okay, I can reply to this moment with anger or fear or shame, but I'm going to choose to maybe try to reply out of a generativity that, okay, I'm going to try to let this moment inspire me because maybe God is working in this frustration, but we just have to wrestle the frustration into a positive, generative, and communal energy that says, let's get to work and make this better. And then you let the rational level of brain functioning help come up with a solution. And for the most part, the solution will probably always be innovative and (laughs) something outside of the box. But It's fascinating to me that we have a growing number of people that consider themselves spiritual but not religious. It means deep down there are plenty of people that know that there is spirit somewhere. That there is spirit in things, in moments, in people, in places. And now it's just a matter of trying to assess whether or not the spirit is holy, whether or not it's unique, whether or not it's actually concerned with headed towards the goal of how things should be and whether or not it's there for a purpose. We have a growing number of people that are tired of the old religious framework, 
but are still wanting desperately to feel the fresh breeze of spirit moving the dusty attic air. And so I guess this whole episode is really kind of about taking those moments, taking the moments where we find frustration and discontent and we have that ache in the in the middle of our bones where, that like shakes the fibers of our souls that says, ah, things should be different. And we let those moments activate us into positive action that helps us and others to thrive more. Because if you ask me, the world doesn't need more people reacting to the bad kind of discontent with more anger and fear or shame, but instead wrestle the moment and ask how the Holy Spirit with a capital S is speaking to our spirit with a lowercase s about how to make the world that should be into the world that we can have. That is almost like one of the best approaches, if you ask me, towards what does it mean to have a spiritual life? What does it mean to have a path that's trying to take its gauge or it's trying to take its cues from the thing that's moving the spheres, the thing beneath and behind that's sustaining everything? What does it mean to align yourself with the divine. And if you ask me, uh, since I was raised in the Jesus tradition, Jesus is absolutely one of those figures in the scriptures that, that learned to listen to every single moment and ask, what does spirit require of me right now? And so in that sense, it's a beautiful thing to let your life and your actions and your thoughts and everything be inspired by this person of Jesus because we're still talking about him because he too was massively concerned with the thriving of everyone and everything around him. So may you go about your life seeking after the holy kind of discontent and may you and I not give in to the reptilian level of brain functioning and react to moments out of fear, anger, or shame. And may every single one of us pursue our thriving alongside of the thriving of other people. That is all for today. You are wonderful. Go have a revolution that's worth the dancing for and crack open a window and let some fresh air come in and stir your ruach to the right kind of activity that this world needs. May grace and peace be with you every step of the journey.